Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our WNBA storylines throughout the season so far. So first, we're going to talk about the New York Liberty, who sit at last place with only one win. Now, granted, they're playing without their number one pick, Sabrina Ionescu, so, Jalen, where do they stand? Well, Ryan, they, they stand as one of the worst teams in the WNBA, unfortunately. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you look at a team and you just wonder, how crippling could it really be to lose a first overall pick that you just acquired, right? There's no real camaraderie yet. There's no real chemistry issues formed yet to the point that when they go down, there can't really be any, you know, derailing of the season because there was nothing really brewing, so to speak, to begin with, right? But genuinely speaking, this kind of just seems like a team that had the, the wind knocked out of it by seeing their top pick go down. I mean, their best player, Laser Clarendon, is averaging 12.3 points per game. Now, I know Sabrina's stat line is a little skewed because she only played three games and she scored 33 in one of those games. But the girl averaged 18.3 over the course of the three games that she played. That's six points more than Lasia with a smaller sample size, of course. But the scoring output, the 33 points, flares off the screen as a potential leading scorer for their team that they are drastically missing from this roster. And it reflects in the record. I just think that a team that only has one win is struggling right now with a first-year coach. A lot of rookies, I mean, seven rookies to be exact, it's, it's almost like you can't really be mad at them that they're in last place considering that they were even projected to finish in last place, even with the first overall pick in the draft on your team. There's nothing good about having one win and being in the bottom of the standings. Here's the thing, though. That one win was against the Mystics, the defending champions. I mean, that has to mean something, right? I mean, I think it depends. I, I feel like the biggest thing when you look at this team is really the only bright spot for them is that they're first in the league in pace. They're a very up-tempo team, and that's something that brings Sabrina back later on this season or what feels like it's going to just be next season now, that's something to be able to build off on because the fact that she definitely helps space the floor because the girl can shoot it and she's aggressive to, to the paint in terms of driving to the rack. So she's a player that likes to push the ball, likes to get up as many shots as possible <laughs> and likes to put the ball in the bucket. So that's their probably their biggest bright spot is the fact that they lead the league in pace, and that's something that Sabrina can instantly jump back into and become a part of. Other than that, Ryan, 11th in points, per, uh, points allowed, 12th in points per game, 10th in defense, last in offensive rating. I mean, I'm sorry, dude, but New York looking broken, and I'm not talking about the Knicks. I just think, like I said, having a first, having a first year coach with a fairly young roster, it's not going to fare well for you, considering that you 
or a rebuilding team, I think your chances of making the playoffs are very slim. I think in the time that Sabrina has played, she's become the clear option for this team. She's one of seven rookies on this roster and one on a team that is not only rebuilding, but was projected to finish this year in last place, even with her healthy to begin the season. As far as this year goes, it's pretty much over unless they can win all of their, all of their games and somehow sneak into the playoffs. I think personally, they should just focus on next year. You have a healthy Sabrina. You have a healthy Asia Durr. You can build your team around Jasmine Jones and Kia Nurse and Lasia Clarendon. I think you should capitalize on those positives. You mentioned that Lasia Clarendon is coming off of a is coming off of a great season right now. She's also coming off a season-ending injury last year. She's playing some great basketball too. So we have to keep in mind that yes, this team is rebuilding, but I think they should capitalize on the positives. Well, you said that the New York Liberty should focus on next season. I want to take a second to look back at last season to help kind of stir our way into this next team that we're talking about. Last year, DC Mystics, Connecticut Sun at the top for the marbles. And both teams look extremely dicey right now, Ryan. The Mystics, my team, three and seven. They are without Elena Deladon. But the champs are falling off the top of the mountain right now. We definitely have a lot of bright spots with Ariel Powers, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast, averaging 16.3 points to lead the way. They, other, they also have other people like Maisha Hines-Allen for 15.3 points, Ariel Atkins, 14 points, Emma Mieseman, who was huge in that postseason, especially that those last couple games in the finals, averaging 12.8 points right now. This is a team that has a ton of scoring options, but it seems like without the league's MVP, they're not the team we saw last year. Ryan, does Deladon mean this much to the team, or is it just a little bit of growing pains because it's the first time they're playing without their MVP in a little while? I think these are not growing pains. I think that their impact without Deladon on the floor is significant. It's mm-hmm. definitely noticeable. I think when you lose an MVP in the season, you're going to struggle. Let's keep in mind, like, we, like you said, no Elena Deladon. There's also no Tina Charles, mm-hmm. no Natasha Cloud. They've lost seven in a row, including handing the New York Liberty their first win. I thought – they started strong with Ariel Powers stepping up. You've also mentioned the contributes the contributions of Heinz Allen and Misaman. They were competitive in their first four losses, but they weren't competitive in their next three. So I feel like they've lost their confidence a bit. It's almost like they can't play without Deladon or Cloud mm-hmm. or Tina Charles. I feel like they're lacking a true leader right now on this team. Am I saying they're done? Not at all. There's a lot of games left to be played, but I think this team needs a confidence booster. And that win may have been it. I mean, I think the biggest thing, right, is that we, we first of all, we, we understand who Elena Deladon is. 
in in this league, stretch four big, shoots the ball extremely well, rebounds extremely well at her position, able to cover the, at least I would say bare minimum, the three through five may be able to slide her feet well to also cover some of the guards in this league. Relatively well shot blocker, and we know she's a bucket. That's the part that we understand the most, is that when it comes down the stretch, she is, like you said before, the leader, the player who, the, the Jimmy Buckets, if you will, that you would want to put the ball in her hands down the stretch. And I do feel like that's one of the things that they've been lacking over the last couple of games in particular, because I think the biggest thing with them is just finishing has been extremely difficult. I mean, a couple of these games, yes, blowout against the Sparks, big loss. Blowout by 20 against the Lynx, big loss. I mean, losing to the Liberty, giving the Liberty their only win and by less than 10 points, that's questionable. I mean, the game against the Aces, their loss within six points, questionable. The loss to the, the, to the Sky, lost by two points. I mean, these are games that I feel like just a switch of momentum in the fourth quarter with your, your star in the game I feel like they go a different way. So I feel like this team is a team that could potentially be getting a bad rap for the way they're not necessarily responding to being um, the champs. But we have to remember, like, with the really factor in that they are not getting the play of a WNBA MVP right now, who was playing hurt during the finals last year. And they had Misaman step up and other players step up significantly, but that was for the course of a series. Now we're in the regular season. We're in the bubble and it's looking rough. I think that there's a good chance that they could kind of make a really decent run. I think today's game against the wings is going to be a good way to get things jump started in terms of really making a move. They already beat the Dream um, this past Wednesday. And I think that putting two in a row back-to-back, it'll be their first time doing that this season, for one. But for two, I think that'll be the confidence booster moving forward. That'll be huge to help them get a better gauge of who some of these other guys, uh, who, who these other players on their team are in terms of their production moving forward when, if they get Deladon back this season. If not, of course, moving forward into seasons ahead. My concern is about the consistency in the performances of, of the Mystics. They won their first three games. They lost their last seven. They just beat the Dream, like you said. So they're now four and seven. My concern is that they're a streaky team in terms of winning. I think I don't, I don't want them to go on a winning streak and then go on a four-game losing streak. If they go on a four-game winning streak, they can't go on a four-game losing streak. They had to carry the momentum from the last four wins into the next four games. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my problem with the Mystics right now is that they don't have the confidence. They don't have a leader. Deladon was the leader on the floor that I feel like definitely make, made an impact game in and game out. Now it's just like who you, now, now who you have. And, I mean, Ariel Powers is somebody who I look to, but is that it? I mean, you have Misaman, you also have Heinz Allen, you have Atkins as well, but I'm not 100% sure who the clear leader on this team is. Now, I still feel like they can sneak into the playoffs, 
It's just a matter of how they do it. What sort of momentum do they carry into the playoffs? And that's my biggest concern with them right now. I have a team that I don't really have any concerns with, and that's the Seattle Storm. However, they just lost to the Fever yesterday, um, a pretty close margin, 90 to 84. It was a competitive game, but no Sue Bird. Jalen, do you think Sue Bird's impact could have made a difference on the floor last night against the Fever? I think Sue Bird's impact is significant whether she was on the floor the other night or on the floor in general for this team. This is a floor general for this team, and she may only be averaging 10 and 5 um, so far this season, but her presence for this team, I think, is what keeps them going together. Honestly, I feel like the most interesting thing about this is if you were a casual WNBA fan, you would think you've seen Sue Bird on Slam magazine covers and different things featuring the Seattle Storm. You would think Sue Bird was one of their top scorers. We know Brianna Stewart, the KD of the WNBA, leads the team with 18.5 points per game. But Jewel Lloyd is somebody who stepped up uh, exceptionally with 15.3 points. She's actually the second leading scorer on the team for them right now. I think the big thing for, for them missing Sue Bird in that game, A, it's one game, of course, and not having your floor general is going to hurt your team within a, a certain game-to-game spectrum. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to be a big deterrent moving forward if she's able to get back in the, get back in the flow of things and get back on the court. She is not a player that this team is depending on to be a dynamic scorer. You have Brianna Stewart for that. She's got that on lock. (laughs) There's no need to worry about really anyone else needing to step up in that department because she tends to cover for those who don't put up points in flurries. I mean, out of the, the three teams that we've talked about today, this is actually the only team that doesn't have at least five players averaging double figures which is relatively interesting considering this is one of the better teams in not only their conference, best team in the conference, but also they're one of the better teams in the league right now. I think one of the biggest things that I think is going to affect them moving forward is really just going to be their pace of play. And I don't think this is too crazy because right now they're ranked seventh in the league um, out of 12 which is, you know, relatively on the low end, low end, and that was with Sue Bird in the lineup. But I genuinely believe that Sue Bird's control as a floor general for their team, they like to slow the pace down. They have a big guard-like player in Brianna Stewart who can take a lot of players off the dribble, has a lot of moves on ISO. She's basically Carmelo Anthony in ISO mode when it comes to being able to break down defenders and get the ball to the basket. I think Sue Bird's biggest thing is going to be making sure that this team plays calm because I feel like this is a team that with Brianna Stewart, they may lean on her heavily to be that superwoman, put your cape on and take us to the promised land style player. But I genuinely believe that it's Sue Bird's ability to bring the team back down to earth that has gotten them as far as they've gotten so far. Well, I think Super's impact, much like Deladon's, I think when she's on the floor, it's clear it's pretty clear how impactful she is on the floor. When she's off the floor, as you could tell last night, 
you could tell that her impact was missed. You could tell that her presence was missed. I do think Seattle, even without Subert, though, I feel like that they are a championship team this year, even though that their nine-game win streak came to an end with their loss last night against the Fever. I think Subert not playing affected how the team performed in that game. But let's just kind of look past that for a second because I think this team is deadly everywhere. Seattle is first in scoring, first in offensive rating, first in assists, and most importantly, they're first in three-point percentage as well as three-pointers made. Sue Bird is third in that category, third in three-point percentage. But Brianna Stewart, Sammy Whitcomb, Alicia Clark, and Jewel Lloyd all rank highly in that category. They have some deadly three-point shooters on this team. They also have one of the best players of the past playing at a high level, Sue Bird, teaming up with arguably the best player of the current WNBA landscape, Brianna Stewart. I think they also take over on defense as a team. I mean, they're tied with Phoenix for blocks per game. They lead the league in steals per game. I just think defensively, they're a defensive unit. I think this team kind of reminds me the, I guess the NBA comparison for this team is kind of like the Rockets, especially game one against Oklahoma City. I think the Rockets take a lot of threes. They have an offense that's, that's not highly ranked in the pace category, but I feel like they shoot a lot of threes. And I feel like when they connect, they really change their momentum of the game. They swing the momentum in the favor of the Rockets. Here's the thing, though. I think... When they hit threes, Seattle can be one of the best teams in the league, or can be one of the deadliest teams in the league. When they don't, they struggle. Here's the correlation that I found in both their losses with, between the, um, the Mystics game and the game against the Fever. As a team, they only made five threes. They went five of 25 against the Mystics, and then they went five of 21 against the Fever. And those were their only two losses. So I feel like if they can hit the big shots, I feel like they can win games, and this team is definitely poised to win more games. I mean, I think the biggest thing with them is, and I think you said it beforehand, their ability to shoot the three ball. I mean, this is not devoid of either league that you look at. If you can hit the three, you're more likely to win games. I think Houston is an interesting comparison, maybe not necessarily in the pace of play department, but I think in terms of the three-point shooting department. I mean, we just watched Houston put up 53-point attempts the other day. I wouldn't say Seattle shooting it at that kind of clip, but I would say they sure as heck would like to (laughs) if they can hoist them up. And I think that's a a team that can get get, that can be really deadly moving forward because the more you shoot, the more there's a probability of you being able to get a couple of those in. And of course it's a live by the three dive by the three type of uh, type of method. And I don't think that maybe Seattle leans on it as heavily as maybe the Rockets, if that's who we're using as the counterpart. But I do believe that that's one of their biggest assets because they have shooters. <laughs> if there's one thing we can definitely be sure of is that across the board, they have shooters that either shoot it at a high clip efficiency wise or hoist it up at, a significant rate in terms of how many attempts per game. And that really helps them in the math department because, hey, man, we all know that three is more than two. So the more you put up, the more you nail down, 
the better chances that you have to win the games. And I think that's what's helped them so far early on in the season as we move on to the second half. I think this is a good transition to our question of the day for our fans. Out of the three teams that we've talked about, which team needs more improvement? Seattle, New York, or Washington? This was a great episode today of the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure you rate our podcast five stars on Apple and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a great episode today. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.